Yeah, because you want to look fantastic on a podcast with no video. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Presentation counts. Yeah, it's so we all get to look at each other, which is Other- Otherwise, why would you have bothered doing your hair this morning, Lockie, if you weren't concerned about how you look? <laughs> mate, mate, you look I didn't fantastic, do- and oh, you put in you. effort to, it, to make thank it you. happen. Well, I didn't do my hair this morning, so I really appreciate it then. I did that <laughs> yesterday morning. Um, I- I've been... And- I fucking stink at the moment. I haven't had a shower or anything yet. And, and Lockie, you're looking so, so fine. Oh, thank you. I kind of want to g- give you an engagement ring. And what? Uh, I heard about this one that you might be interested <laughs> in. It's, uh, this article comes out of Kotaku, and it was written by Brian Ashcraft. The Pokemon company is once again teaming up with Tokyo jeweler Ginza Tanaka for a Pokemon monster-themed engagement ring. The center is a diamond, and the two things sticking out are ears... Uh, available via Pokemon Center online in Japan. The rings come in 18k gold, pictured and platinum, with each priced at 346,500 yen or 4,700 Australian. The diamond is a, a 0.3 carat stone. Ginza Tanaka has collaborated with the Pokemon company before on wedding rings, but, uh, not ones like this. <laughs> now, the thing that, uh, doesn't come across with this uh, article in the in the uh, platform of a podcast, is uh, that the ears on this Pikachu <laughs> engagement ring don't exactly look like look like ears. Uh, how would how would you describe them, Lockie? Um, I would say that the ring is a double dong ring. Um, <laughs> it. Yeah, you can see that they wanted to go for Pikachu ears, but the the uh, the bizarre the bizarre thing is that with Pikachu ears, they're they're pointed at the end, but these ones have been rounded so it looks like a like a circumcised dick. I know, um, I know the difference. <laughs> and by the way, um, for anyone listening to the podcast, I'm actually the gay one, and Zach is the straight one. But Zach's, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with him at the moment. Mixed messages. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I I think it's a it's fucking funny looking. Um, do do we have any ways, Zach, to get this online to our listeners? Get the uh, image up? Yeah, they can they can Google it or hey, fuck it, I'll I'll, I'll tweet it plug. out. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, that was a plug. Twitter. That was, that was a plug lead in. Because you know what, they should definitely uh, check out the, this article that uh, by Brian Ashcraft. They uh, I love what they did at the <laughs> the start. They they uh, at the top they blurred the ears out of the picture, which I thought was like a funny <laughs> little thing to do. Uh, do you th- Sam? Do you think you uh, might be grabbing this engagement ring for your significant? another um look i'm gonna give this one a hard pass i think um, <laughs> i was having a look at it um it's funny that you talk about that because i am currently in the process of looking at engagement rings and things like that and when oh, this came across congratulations. Yeah, I know. thank you um but when this came across my desk i was like yeah no, <laughs> no um, i yeah. cannot believe so that they're, this they're, is a they're thing. not a pokemon fan then oh man i don't even think a pokemon fan would want it <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. I mean, it's I don't know a bad looking ring, right? Yeah, oh, it's a, like, yeah, yeah. That was like my even, first. Even, Dicky is aside. It's a bad ring. It's just something <laughs> that I mean. Look, you know, I'm no master jeweler, but I had a look at it and I was like, what is what in this would like? I mean, it's so like heavily golden everywhere with such a. I mean, almost looking like a. I mean, this diamond's big enough, but. It's so overpowered by the gold that I don't think it'd work regardless of the ears. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. You know, yeah. I don't know. I like, like that you're looking shit. at it for, for just from a critical 
ring perspective. I'd, I'd like the thing that just baffles me is that somebody signed off on this. You know, somebody in management looked at this thing and said, Mm-mm, "That looks like a Pikachu." engagement yeah, i'm giving that to yeah, my significant do- other like oh, hey, like, <laughs> oh i think it'll appeal to people who have who are willing to um let their sense of humor overpower their sense of style and that's the best way i can describe it because like i can't of imagine money? anyone that would buy that no yeah, yeah. I th- anyway. i'm just trying to think like what kind of commitment you want to make where your humor overrides your actual uh sense of you know want to be in a relationship (laughs) ain't ain't no girl ain't no girl even if even if you love pokemon to the ends of the the earth ain't no girl wanting to show off a dick ring engagement ring to their (laughs) friends and family saying Uh, yeah i've made it i made it this is this is what my man got me no (laughs) no they'll they'll fucking break up with you on the spot if you don't pull if if they they'll have a laugh about it they go ha, that's funny now where's the ring like you know (laughs) i I just thought of the exact perfect scenario where you would use this ring if you're like looking to make a thruple relationship and there's two dudes (laughs) in the relationship and one chick I couldn't think of a more perfect ring to get. There you go. It doesn't have anything to do with Pokemon. <laughs> but it, I think the symbolism's clear. <laughs> oh, dear God. Look, uh, I, I think uh, I think we can leave that one there. If anyone wants to check out that article, I'll be posting it on our News to Reviews Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at News to Reviews, and that's with a number two instead of the word two. Don't make fun of how convoluted that is, Lockie. I know you're thinking it. I can see it on your face. No, yeah, no. Check it, it out. <laughs> This certainly, uh, this does give a new meaning to the word cock ring. Hello and welcome to News to Reviews, your place to be for gaming news stories and also your place to be for impressions on the latest games coming out each and every week. My name's Zach. And I'm here with uh, my luxurious co-host, Lockie, who's recently had a haircut and is looking bloody smick, mate. Oh, thank you. Fuck. Yeah, I I gotta say, I I let my hair grow long through the COVID times because, you know, you go with the homeless COVID chic where you can't get to a hairdresser anyway, so who cares? But, um, yeah, I feel pretty good. Um, I actually got shouted my... uh, Shouted... A meal for the first time in my life after my haircut. I was what? eating, yeah, I was eating out with with a maid, and we were catching up. And the couple next to us had ordered too much, and their um one of their entrees came out last, which was a roti bread with um cheese and mushrooms. It was fucking amazing. And they were like, "Oh, we haven't touched this, so there's no COVID. Um, do you guys want it?" And and oh. I'm like, "Oh my god." See, um, what you didn't notice while you were eating is they actually wanted you to uh, invite you into their thruple and there was a Pikachu engagement ring in, in your food. You just didn't eat it all yeah, to that point yet. <laughs> it's true. I only ate half of it because I'd fucking... We'd over-ordered as well. But, like, you know, you never say no to free food even during COVID times. I mean... I disagree with that statement. <laughs> There's plenty of situations where I'd say no to free food. Zach, it's it's the first time in my fucking life I am not going to waste this opportunity by letting COVID, um, you know, COVID make me feel bad. Of course I'm going to That's graciously fine. That's accept. fine. Well, look, something that I never say no to is having 
fantastic guests on our show. And this week, we have the salacious Sam Inns from the <laughs> Beta Network. Uh, Sam, how are you, my friend? Welcome. I'm well, Zach. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. uh, Lockie, as well, for inviting me on the show. Um, exciting times. And, you know, it's good to know that we can all still connect, even though there's COVID. Um, Exactly. Yes. But um, yeah, I've never been called. I've never been called salacious before, so that's something. <laughs> um, I try to use a little bit of alliteration when I have my guests on. It just it sounds yeah. so sensual. Oh, sensual! Another word I could have used. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't call me sensual, Sam. That would have been a whole different thing entirely. Yeah, uh, Zach, exactly. yeah. you realise you you need to cut this shit out if we ever get a female guest on. <laughs> like, like it's only funny what? now. But it's not going to be funny then. <laughs> oh. uh, that that that's bullshit, Lockie. I, I think I believe in equality. I think all our all our guests should be treated equally. Uh, uh, gender does not matter there. So <laughs> uh, I, I believe I already have done that. I've done that for for Torja when we've had her on the show. She yeah, was terrific. And Torja, I know, and then so. you ended up dating her. Yeah. Okay. Shh. All right. So, nobody, that, uh, what is the requirements knows. of being a guest on this show then? <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to cut that out. <laughs> we'll say, oh, whatever. I, I don't really care. I, I, I don't think Sam and I are going to end up dating after this. No. But then again, I don't know. Like, I know. <laughs> we've, we've only just started our friendship. So, Sam, I, I'm, I'm excited to have you on. I love what you guys do over there on the beta network. I've, I've checked out a bunch of YouTube reviews and, 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 and listened to the last few episodes of your podcast. You do great work over there. Thank you. Uh, tell everyone a bit about what you guys do and, and where they can find it all all right so yeah um we are the the beta network team um you can find us on youtube where we do uh, basically reviews of current games and i mean we love our remakes and that's a big thing we focused on as of recent um but yeah we're also um we also run a gaming review podcast slightly in a different format um for us it's more uh we just try to bang in as much new uh, i guess focusing on new games as much as we can, um, mm. as well as we have a website where we write review articles. I'm just pitching so well right now, aren't I? Um, <laughs> but no, basically, um, yeah, we are, we're five guys based in Melbourne, and we try to tell people what's good and what's bad about video games, and we don't know how we're doing. Um, but you can basically find us, uh, our main point of contact is our website, thebetanetwork.net, but you can also catch us on Twitter at the Network Beta and Facebook, the Beta Network AU. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I- re- regardless of, of your confidence and how you guys are doing, I've, I've, I've checked out your stuff and I think you guys are doing fantastic. And uh, yeah, everyone should go check out all their content that they make. They, they work very hard and put out a lot of great stuff. I appreciate it. But look, we have a massive week of news and. Got a, a, a lot of game discussion to get into, so let's yeah. just get cracking with our gaming news. Now, our first story today, Crisis is in crisis. This article comes out of Kotaku and was written by Alex Walker. Only a day after being officially unveiled to the world, Crisis Remastered has been delayed so the developers can further refine and polish the game. The game's release was unwillingly revealed by the Microsoft Store yesterday. That was only a few weeks after the storefront lifted the lid on Star Wars Squadrons before EA was ready. Unsurprisingly, there was a bit of backlash when the store page went live. Some users recoiled at the quality of the trailer, and miserably, the developers announced that the 
the game was being pushed back by a few weeks following the feedback. The features you're looking forward to are already set, but we want to make time, uh, we want to take the time on polishing the game, the devs said in a tweet. We hope you understand what we're up to and that you stay with us while we take the time to make a few more improvements. The statement says the launch date and trailer premiere are being delayed by a few weeks, so this doesn't sound like an especially major delay. The game was originally due to launch on July 23rd. This would push the release to some time in late August or early September, roughly. Now, we hadn't spoken about the Crisis uh, remaster uh, on the show before, so this will be news to our audience mm. that this game even exists. And uh, <laughs> good, yeah. old, good old Microsoft Store... <laughs> leaking out the games ahead of time i don't know what's going on over there that that Uh, this is even happening that's just absolute insanity to me that these developers must be super frustrated yeah they'd probably Um, be stroppy about that one yeah but it's i don't know it's 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 a it's an interesting conversation because uh, I, i don't know if uh you guys remember but last year when this the sonic movie had its first trailer that was just the uh, laughing stock yep. around the internet and there was a mass that Sorry. movie was shit <laughs> okay i, I just want to get ma- that out there hot take real quick the sonic movie is dog shit shitty Fair movie enough. shitty Fair movie enough. the the cgi redo did not save it <laughs> well yeah as as Lockie just mentioned there then after the massive backlash that they had there the uh they went back and they redid the entire design for sonic and that meant having to replace mm. replace him throughout the entire movie and they spent Months doing that, probably toiled over it for countless, countless hours just for some dude named Lockie to call it shit on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was sorry. <laughs> oh. That I would have preferred that movie with the original CGI because at least with the original CGI, it was so weird and horrible looking. It would oh. have at least distracted me from the really boring plot and shitty movie. But it didn't, and so I focused on that, and it was a boring-ass movie. I think I could only get through... I I think I gave up at the hour mark, and I'm like, okay, this movie... Look, this movie is clearly designed for a younger age, so, you know, fair cop there. I'm an adult. I have standards, right? So (laughs) I didn't like it. But, you know, maybe if you're a kid and you don't know what's good or, or bad and what's right or wrong or anything like that because you're a kid, you might like it. It's okay. I, I guess I just found out I'm a kid. Um, <laughs> there, there, there you go. Oh, oh shit, there sorry. <laughs> now, look, uh, to, to pull things away from Lockie's just new mission where he's decided every week he's going to try and turn this into uh, a movie podcast. <laughs> hey, you brought it up. Get- I did not. It's not like I'm telling you this shit. Like, if you mention it, I will comment on it. Or like, that's don't, all I can say. Look, don't worry. They'll fix it. They'll make a Sonic ring and they'll present it to you and you'll be fine. <laughs> I promise. I'll be disappointed if each of those spines on, on Sonic from that ring is not a giant penis. That's, that's all I want. <laughs> now, now, look. <laughs> all right, the point the I'm trying to make here is I'm not exactly a fan of this whole bunch of people have a whinge about something and then the developers have to <laughs> hunker down and, and, and fix their shit. Look, I guess, I, I guess it's good to see developers caring about what the players think of their games and 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 uh, and reacting to community responses and whatnot, but also, yeah, it's it, it also just makes me a little bit uncomfortable that they're, 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 that we're seeing this becoming a recurring thing in mm. different industries now. Mm. Um, I don't know. How do, how do you feel about this, Sam? Do you think that it's a good thing that they've delayed it to try and clean things up a bit, or do you think they're sort of kowtowing to um, the uh, very vocal? 
uh, audience that's having a go about this. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't know how I feel to be honest, because um, obviously us as the consumers, as the gamers, we want to be able to, I guess, have a part in in the decision making process, especially when we're covering something that's so well beloved. And I mean, I don't. Obviously, we all hate it when you know something that. Um, that we have respected for so long, for so many years, has just been torn apart and made basically been made a joke in comparison to what it was. So I can understand that. I can understand the audience um, would love to get involved as much as possible, and the you know the fans want to get involved. However, it just gets to a point where, what is it about? Is it actually about improving the game or appeasing our own individual little desires? And that's kind of that's kind of what I've seen come to the forefront more lately. Is that. Um, People think that if they just rally behind a game and there's an, an or rally behind a certain idea and there's enough of them that they can force the devs to change just for their own for their own sake. Even though you know, even if the developer, the creator, the person who's actually making whatever project it is, has to change their original vision just to suit some consumers. So yeah. mm. a little bit negative about it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think I, I feel the same way. I, I think the only reason why this is particularly getting a fair bit of backlash is because back in the day and I'm, I'm not a pc gamer this is just what mm. i've heard along the grapevine that back in the day it was all about whether or not your pc could run crisis and crisis was mm. the bar that everything was set to and yeah. you know it was melting mm. pcs left and right yeah. um and so to, to see it go from that former glory to like you know something that's not not that impressive but mm. I, don't, I think at the end of the day it's a it's a remaster i'm not expecting you know every, everything to be rebuilt no. from the ground up with it with a remaster mm. i'm expecting it just to be you know a, a prettier looking version and an up res version i don't know yeah. do, do you think they're justified in their rage Lockie? I'm I'm still confused as to what the problem is. It's a remaster, as you say. So there's no real. I, I'm guessing there's going to be the no pro- real change to content. It's just going yeah. to be a graphical update, right? The, 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 yeah. Well, the issue was that that the trailer came out and just yeah. people were disappointed with how it looked. They were expecting yeah, yeah. it to look so far graphical. better. Yeah, it's graphical capacity. Look, it, it's not a game that I played much of as a younger person, so I'm not really the right audience. So, you know, for me personally, I'm I'm not crying over this news mm. oh, okay that was it I thought, I thought you had more to say <laughs> then no no i'm just letting it letting the pun sink in letting it fester. <laughs> all right so yeah so like you know I, I now with that said because i'm not the target person i don't give a fuck but if people do care about it and they're the ones that are actually going to put their money um up for buying this game um the game developers would be absolute idiots not to listen to their own um to their own consumer market so if it is like the Sonic situation, that movie was terrible, but certain people liked it and the movie made a lot of money. So their decision to do that and all of the PR that they got as a result of listening to their audience worked. So I would say that they would be insane not to listen to their audience. Uh, these guys would be insane not to listen to their consumer audience. Mm. Well, another thing to think about, though, is a delay of a few weeks. How much are they really going to even be able to do to clean this thing up? Like, yeah. it, a, oh, few, yeah, a few weeks point. is nothing in mm. video game development yeah, time. That's no. five minutes. Oh, it's bizarre. It, it's absolutely bizarre. When you, when you told me it was being delayed by two months, I'm like, really? In COVID years? No, it's going to be delayed for two fucking years. Mm. Like, the game <laughs> must have been ready to push out a year ago, if that's the case, if it only requires two extra weeks of, of changes. 
I'm more worried mm. about the like overtime and that will go into it from the actual like gr- ground floor devs. Like as we know, like the last couple of weeks of development or last couple of months even is always crunch time, and they mm. make their workers put in crazy hours. And I'm wondering if they're delaying it by t- only two weeks, what are they expecting out of these guys? And how? I mean, I guess this is going on a very different tangent, but. How's this going to reflect on the actual ground floor team? What are they going to go through just to get this up to somewhat scratch that the audience actually wants? Mm. Yeah, Yeah, I I totally echo that sentiment. Something that we talk about on this show a lot is crunch times, Mm. particularly in AAA games. And look, I haven't heard anything particular about these developers saying that they do do that. But a lot of the time, I'd, I'd argue a majority of the time, when they are entering into these final final uh, stages of a game, most most developers are yeah crunching their employees. So mm. yeah, it's 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 it was like the cyberpunk news. I'm always happy for developers to have more time to get mm. to get the game to a, a level where they where it needs to be, where they're happy with it. But just knowing that they're going to be crunching their employees, and there's probably a lot of people who are who are you know there there that that would pre- preferably be at home with their families or sleeping oh, or having some kind of life outside of work it's yeah not it, it's 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 disappointing news so mm. yeah hopefully it's not a, another couple of weeks of extra weeks of crunch but as you said yeah. sam i dare say you'd be right there it probably is going to be would hope case. not but most likely now i've got a bit of good news <laughs> to give us after after that sort of s- sad note we left it on <laughs> oh god i'm i'm be- i'm being more sarcastic it's it's more bad news there's, there's not going to be any oh, no. microtransactions oh, in crash really? bandicoot 4 oh no at launch <laughs> okay now so <laughs> at launch yeah this this article <laughs> comes out of IGM was written by Jonathan Dornbush after a notice on the Microsoft Store indicated, the bloody Microsoft Store just cranking out all the news <laughs> at the moment. Thank God for them. Uh, Microsoft Store indicated Crash Bandicoot for its about time would feature in-app purchases. Discussion began about whether that meant Crash 4 would include microtransactions at launch. According to developers Toys for Bob, there won't be. And it seems the culprit behind the in-app purchase moniker may be free cosmetic skins that would be available as a new pre-order bonus. Toys for Bob has confirmed Crash will have no microtransactions in a new statement saying, we're seeing confusion confusion about microtransactions in Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time and we want to be clear. There are no microtransactions in the game. As a bonus, the totally tubular skins are included in all digital versions of the game. The in-app purchases moniker led to many assume that they would be uh, there would be DLC, either mm. cosmetic or gameplay-wise, that Activision could charge players for from day one. According to the developers, however, there are no microtransactions at this time. Yeah. While, of course, DLC could be added down the line or more cosmetics made available via in-game purchases, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fuel did add microtransactions with the ability to buy Wampa Coins with real-world money after its launch. The developers appear to want to... As- to assuage, oh god, assuage <laughs> fans' <laughs> concerns. Yeah, I've messed that up. That Crash 4's launch will be held back by additional content that has to be purchased on top of the base game. So, yeah, very careful with their wording there about when, uh, whether or not there will be microtransactions in there. Notice that I put the emphasis on at launch both times because mm. uh, anyone familiar with the release of uh, Crash Team Racing, as it, as it did mention briefly in this article, there was no microtransactions in that one at launch either until about a month after release where they patched them in. 
And uh, oh. at that stage, we already have games out on shelves that don't have stickers on them saying in-app purchases. So mm. plenty mm. of parents would already uh, have purchased this without knowing that their their, their children could be uh, nickeled and dimed. So I think it's very clear where I stand on microtransactions and especially the... Uh, the the seedy act of adding them into games after release that uh, that Activision is uh, s- sounding like they're going to become known for. <laughs> Sam, do 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 you feel the same same way about microtransactions? Or are you do they do they bother you as much as they they irk me? Are they definitely us uh, a interesting point? Um, I guess in the current gaming generation, um, I find that for me personally. I have nothing wrong with the idea of microtransactions in the right place. Um, yep. yes, obviously, we talk you. about we talk about our free to play games where you know developers are giving us something for free. So obviously, they're going to try and make some money by going, "Hey, this will go faster if you pay this much or whatever." Um, I definitely understand that free to play model. However, to start using that free to play model in a game that's already priced around sixty dollars or worse, ninety nine dollars. Um, you know, you have to be really talking about minute things um, to be able to make that microtransaction not be absolutely like a waste and an actual useless bit to the game. Like, mm. thinking about Crash 4, I mean, I've played Crash Bandicoot games as a kid. What on earth could they possibly put in there as microtransactions that won't, like, that will improve player experience or that will. And you can see I'm starting to get upset. Um, <laughs> or even just like, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing in the game or in the games thus far, aside from Nitro Kart, uh, sorry, Nitro Fueled, um, that would show that it needs any microtransactions. Like where's the idea of earning things in games these days? Why are we, mm. shelling, uh, why are we selling out to the idea of just pay for it? You know what I mean? God, I I totally, totally agree with you there. Like a a free-to-play game, yeah, fill it with all the microtransactions you Mm. want. That you're getting a game for free. That's how you're paying for it through those microtransactions. But yeah, in a full-price game, yeah, it it, is. I think it's 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 not a good thing, a good way to treat your audience. No. Uh, and and yeah, I, I think uh, the the main addition to Crash Team Racing was, was the inclusion of all these different kart skins that you could get and mm. all the different character skins. And you could unlock some of those through playing, but mm. then they also yeah introduced the aspect where you could buy Wampa coins or whatever the hell it was uh, with real world money to buy those skins in game. Mm. And they had some kind of battle pass as well. So my my guess, my look, looking into the future for me, my big guess would be that they're going to attempt the same thing with crash fall that yeah there's going to be skins maybe some kind of uh you know some kind of progression system to get those that you can pay to increase the speed at which you get those and yeah i, I think it was uh what super mario odyssey i think they, they they included that many different outfits and whatnot for mario that you unlocked just through playing the game exactly and yeah, and then just charge their their upfront price for it. I'd love to see more games just mm. do that model. Like it's it's such a it's it's so fantastic. Spider Man twenty eighteen was the same thing. You unlock all these skins through playing the game. Uh, yeah. There was like you know twenty something skins with the base game. Ah, oh, god. Yeah. So yeah. this is the tricky part, and this is um 
Uh, oh god this is i'm just knocking everything around me so this is this is a, a question of in the past when you had platformer games and racer games you had the feature what was largely called a collectathon. so mm. the general core feature of the game to fully enjoy and explore the world that you're in they give you little things to collect throughout the thing and they give you little rewards to to make an engaging experience and usually that resulted mm. in a cosmetic improvement so skin skin upgrades uh and and you know maybe even unlocking a few levels here or there nowadays most game developers want to monetize that collector font and reward concept so they'll yeah. give you a half half structure so you can get it so if you don't want to pay for anything that's fine you'll get a few rewards but we'll always have the more interesting things as the pay paywall type of mm. rewards so if people want to pay for it they will i don't necessarily disagree with that nowadays because the cost of producing and developing a game is much more expensive than it was 20 years ago. So that's the thing to remember is that games in, in concept now, especially AAA titles, ones that require a lot of oomph in development, mm. um, they're expensive. And when you can only slap a, a $100 um, price tag as a developer on each on each game purchase, you do need to include additional content to allow f- uh, more revenue to be generated. And in theory, that can work for the benefit of the gamer I really like Civilization Six, and mm. they're fucking. I I would say like the 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 DLC and additional content that they um punch out, it's not worth the price tags that they attach to it. But I will still pay for it because I as a gamer really enjoy that game, and I'm getting a little bit more out of that game. So I'm mm. happy to make that payment. Uh, so like it's one of those balancing acts where um you know if you have the money and you really like the game and you want to squeeze a little bit more out of it, I have no issue with them. I'm um, doing that. I'm less of a fan of the cosmetic side of things. I think they mm. should be including additional levels and maps and ways you can actually really enjoy the game a little bit more. And that's when I'll spend money on DLC. Yeah. But yeah, it, it it's one of those tricky things. I do think um, to Zach's point, it is a dirty dog move to advertise a game as no no additional payments and and no additional paid content within the game, and then a month mm. later in- introduce that later. I think that's. Not only dirty dog, I think that's probably illegal in most countries. It would just be something that it's it's always negating that, um, I guess, the review period to say, you know, because it's when uh, it happened with Nitro, uh, Nitro Fueled, um, Nitro Fueled, I always get that name wrong. Um, <laughs> that The way they brought it in was like, okay, now all the reviews are done. Now everyone knows how great the game is. Suddenly it snuck in and it's like... It's one of those things where if you're gonna if you're gonna have a game that's gonna have microtransactions, whatever it is, just be upfront about it. Allow the reviewers to review it as the whole game that you are keeping there, because then you're gonna get, you know, an honest an honest opinion and a true to fact opinion. All these reviews are outdated the moment those microtransactions came in. That's the reality mm. of it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's that's a real dirty move here. But I think um I I I think I have to disagree with you, Lockie. Yeah, as much as as much as the cost of uh, making games has gone up, and uh, I think there sh- there's an argument to be made that games should just increase in price in general, rather than us being nickel and dime like this. I think I think developers have made a very conscious decision. They know they can make a lot more money through including microtransactions in their games than what they could by charging an extra ten or twenty dollars per unit. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a lot easier to uh, get to squeeze those extra dollars out of people. You got them whales out there who are willing to spend countless thousands of dollars. On look, I'll agree with I'll agree with you to a point, Zach. But the reality is, 
is that games did try to increase their prices even way back in um, Super Nintendo times. I saw game titles for above a hundred dollar mark, and mm. no, and and a lot less people paid for that. There seems yep. to be mentally people don't want to spend more than a hundred dollars for a game. And if you had game production games that were produced twenty years ago or thirty years ago costing that much at a hundred dollar value take inflation of costs and, and currency alone into account 30 years down the track, um, games still being charged for $100 now, you're, you're just not making as much on a game as a developer as you would releasing it back in the day. That's that's mm. all I mean is that that's the incentive and that's where, you know, coming from the game developer and producer side of things, you know, they, they need these sort of models to help actually make their investment into these games and developing them worthwhile. Base games mm. just aren't enough from what I can see. That's my yeah, interpretation. Look, look I, I don't think... I, I think it's more America's $60 price tag than what other countries pay for games that mm. really hurts the bottom line. Like, we, we've been paying $100 for games in Australia for quite a while now. And, you, you know, we're, our, our dollar isn't bad enough to be worth, you know, half as much as america mm. so like it it doesn't make it, it it doesn't work out that way you know what i mean like it, we're, we're still paying more for games a lot of the time in australia anyway uh but look it, it's it's funny we we bring this up because there's actually is this is part of one of our quick stories but i may as well bring it up now as we're talking about it anyway nba 2k21 has announced that they're going to be charging uh 70 dollars us uh for, for their the, the next game in the series on ps5 and xbox series x so it looks like someone in the gaming industry has decided they want to, you know, put their be, be the first ones to put their foot forward and and give it give it a try of charging slightly more for a game. Um, look, I guess we'll see, we'll have to wait and see if people are willing to jump on board with this. Apparently, the price is going to be a hundred dollars in Australia mm. anyway, so it's not really going to be too much different for us. I think the thing that hurts more in Australia is we have places like JB Hi-Fi who. Uh, J- I don't know why I pronounced it that way. That was weird. <laughs> JB Hi-Fi, <laughs> who uh, it didn't who, sound weird who, to me at all. What? Uh, under uh, anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> undercuts the uh, competition uh, because they can make their money back selling uh, uh, their appliances and other stuff they have throughout the store, so they can afford to sell those games at a loss. But yeah, I, I don't know. So look, uh, I'm, I'm sort of I'm excited to see what happens with NBA 2K21. I, but the, the 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 whole issue with this for me is though I don't think they're going to be taking the microtransactions out of this game, and if I'm going to be paying more for a game, the change I want to see in that is that yeah there won't be any microtransactions in that mm. one. So NBA 2K20 had the famous bloody trailer last <laughs> year, the My Team trailer, which which showed off bloody pachinko machines and slot machines in oh, the My Team yeah. part of their game. So I don't have any, I don't really have a lot of faith in. Uh, in uh, 2K that they're not going to be doing it again in the next one. Um, and, d- does this does this give you any hope at all, Sam, seeing that they're going to be charging a bit more for this next game? Uh, do you think it could, might be seeing a, a change in the industry? It's a, Yeah, it's an interesting one because um, specifically for me, like I'm, ingra- I'm ingrained in my sports games and stuff like that. So I'm all for going, all right, I understand the pressure they're in. Um, mind you, yes, they're on a yearly release cycle, so they they are re- they are reusing a lot of um, you know, what uh properties they've done for the previous games and just updating mm-hmm. things, upgrading things, as you'd yeah. expect um for these kind of games. So I personally feel it may not be the type of game to do this big stand with. Like mm-hmm. I would rather see that with say um, let's say uh 
for example, uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn sequel that um, will be coming out. Um, I was thinking the exact yeah, same yeah. thing. That is so fucking weird. That yeah. was the exact game I was thinking um, of. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's got already a critical acclaim to it now because of the, you know, the first game. So, um, why not try it with something like that or try it with, you know, like something that people really want? Because let's be honest, outside of NBA 2K fans, no one casually goes and gets starts getting interested in it unless you've got friends who play it. Whereas these kind of games that are massive and have a like are growing their following every almost every single day by this point, um, would be the ones to go. All right, let's be honest about it. But that's I think what it takes is honesty beforehand as well. Like actually yeah. say, yeah. hey, be upfront about this is our yeah. actual production cost. This is what we need to charge. I understand that this puts you know consumers out of pocket a little bit more. But if we rally together and go, all right, yes, I'm gonna have to pay a bit more. You're gonna get a better experience developers aren't going to cut corners yeah totally no it would be fantastic if uh companies were a little bit more upfront about the um less than appealing <laughs> side of things um but yeah and they seem to use trickery as their uh, go-to oh um, yeah when 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 they want to make money yeah mm. so <sighs> best of luck enjoy your pachinko <laughs> slots and whatever uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you and I are of, of, of one mind, Sam, because I find mm. myself agreeing with you over and over again on all this stuff. I, I think totally this is a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> to- totally agree with that statement there, a hundred percent. Yeah, let's let's hope that that this can happen and we see less microtransactions mm. in games. Because yeah, I'm I'm sick of having walled off content that I'm going to be nickeled and dime for every time I'm playing a game I enjoy. And, and look, I think games like say something like the witcher 3 could already have justified a, a 70 or 80 dollar us price tag there's so yeah. much mm. game in in there so i, th- I think that for the for these games that take six seven years to develop and are packed just to the brim with content then yeah people should be able to charge a bit of a mm. premium for that it makes absolute sense and then maybe i don't know the the typical like call of duties that just keep getting churned out every three years that they have their budget set out fucking perfectly for they 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 just keep it to a typical amount or something yeah yeah last week we spoke about a story that was uh that was quite dark the the everything happening with all these women coming forward in the video game industry and there has been more uh uh, more women coming forward and we've seen uh, more more uh, yeah more things happening around certain events uh evo was cancelled uh this article comes out of the verge and was written by john porter fighting game tournament organizer evo has cancelled evo online and removed its co-founder and president from the company after serious allegations surfaced about his past behavior the long-running esports event had previously been scheduled to take place in a new online only format starting 4th of july due to the coronavirus pandemic Joey Sula will no longer be involved with Evo in any capacity, the company said. Tony Cannon, another of the organization's co-founders, will act as CEO going forward. Sula apologized in a tweet and said he was not proud of his past actions. The announcement of the event's cancellation came less than 24 hours after fighting game player Mikey Crackpron Fam alleged that Kula had behaved inappropriately towards him and a number of teenage boys in the 90s and early 2000s. Following the allegations, multiple companies pulled out of the event, including Capcom, NetherRealm, and Bandai Namco, as well as players and commentators, according to PC Gamer. 
it's it, we've we've seen the uh, 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 Evo organizers react very very swiftly to this. Um, as soon as they saw everyone jumping ship, they've decided to jump ship as well. Uh, I think they made the right move in firing this guy. Mm. Uh, it's it's one of those situations again where I'm sitting here as a dude talking about this situation, not not being able to relate and understand because I'm not in the industry. Uh, but yeah, it it appears that you know once again we've had someone in this position of power appearing to have done the wrong thing, and uh, yeah, I don't know. We need, we need to see change throughout the industry. We need to see. It, I think there's there's a, a toxic thing out there where uh, s- certain men believe that they are allowed to. Uh, I don't know. Uh, treat women with with disrespect. The thought that anyone out there thinks that it's okay to grope a woman without their consent or do anything without their consent is just ridiculous to me. And for the the you know the 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 men out there who think it's okay for women to, uh, to be treated like this or anyone or you know people who are underage, of course, as it says in this article, like this guy should probably be arrested, depending on on the what stuff he did. Once you know the proper investigations and stuff are all are all concluded. Oh God, yeah. Look, it's a it's a messy messy story, and I'm I'm rambling at this point. Uh, uh, you sure are. So I'm going to cut in. Um, it's <laughs> it's a difficult it's a difficult thing, but if if the own if their own employers have come to the conclusion that like yeah there's enough credence to these to these claims that we need to let this person go that's a pretty bad sign i mean it's not necessarily conclusive workplaces aren't fucking investigator detectives they only work with what they got but you know it's not it's not a great look so um i think it's positive to see when people are getting called out on this mm. um it, at least some employers at this current point in time are properly looking into it and and they're using the guillotine when they need to. Um so I think that's that's a good indication of where things are sort of heading and I hope that we continue on that trajectory where mm. um uh, this shit eventually gets stamped out over time. I'm just hoping it like stops taking so long. Do you know what I mean? In the sense that yeah. we're hearing about stories from years and years ago it's like um you know it's one of those things that it's heartbreaking to hear that it takes like when we're talking about you know nineties two thousands and it takes till twenty twenty for it to to come out into the light, it's just it's I yeah I couldn't imagine and I'm not going to comment on any personal emotion and feeling because I'm so far removed from the situation, but I can only hope that when you know for anyone who has had anything close to this kind of trouble, like that they have the support there to bring it out into the light straight away because you know it's yeah it's not good knowing that this kind of stuff carries on under the i guess yeah in the darkness and no one's hearing anything you know yeah, yeah. fully agreed i think it's it's it, while it's it's hard to hear about it it's good mm. that we are hearing more about it now because a lot of it was you know not even it was it was very silent for a very long time and what happened with mm. the whole um cinema entertainment industry that that's mm. quite recent so it looks like um you know the gaming industry and 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 that side <laughs> it's all entertainment honestly mm. it's it's fucked it's uh Mm. it's it's across the board so yeah it's good to see uh, it's good to at least hear that that these things are are in a sense becoming more more available to the public to know what's going on and it's good to hear about employers and and areas in positions of power is actually taking action against it um so that's a positive thing at the very least 
Yeah. yeah, and I, I think just generally, just you know, treat your fellow humans with respect. Don't be a shit person. <laughs> uh, the, I think that's one of the main takeaways from uh, from all of this. Good motto to yeah. live by. Look, let's move on to some quick stories. So, regarding the Joy-Con, uh, we've had a bit of an apology there uh, from one of the higher ups in Nintendo. We apologize for any trouble. This is caused to our customers, uh, Furukawa said in a financial Q&A. We are continuing to aim to improve our products, but as the Joy-Con is the subject of a class action lawsuit in the United States, and this is still a pending issue, we would like to refrain from responding about any specific actions. So Nintendo have sort of acknowledged that they made some shoddy-ass Joy-Cons, and my god, I work in a retail store what sells games, and I, I reckon it's probably once a week I have someone coming and telling me that their left Joy-Con has stopped working. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're definitely shoddy. Me, personally, mm. in, in playing in playing uh, my housemate Switch, have never had any issue, mm. and that thing's like, that was a launch Switch, so personally, I haven't had that issue, and I've met other people who haven't. But clearly, this is a problem. Uh, uh, Zach, I'm very glad you've brought this up because I'm having this issue right now with my left joystick, and it's oh, fucking man. annoying, and it makes no sense. Yeah, they, it keeps it keep, like the battery's not charging properly, and it keeps cutting off at random points in time. I've only had this switch for about a maybe a year, year, wow. year and a half max, and yeah, it's it's already shitting itself. See, that's so. interesting. Because I've had a launch edition Switch as well, and I haven't had any problems. I think I had my ah. joystick drift slightly once, and that was pretty much it. Um, so it makes you wonder what's actually going on in production, and have they just tried to start spitting consoles out rather than taking mm-hmm. their time as they may have done to start? I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess we'll find out once all the, the court case goes for this class action lawsuit. Mm. We'll know. Know some more when that's finally done in the year 2025 or whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That's no one it, will even yeah. care about it at that point. Next console but, release. You know, at, yeah, at release, the Switch console was hugely popular and it re- it mm. sold out copies almost immediately online upon release. Yeah. So that makes sense to me that they had such a surge, surge in demand from what they were expecting um, for the console mm. that they had to figure out a way to pump them out. Um, and I think I got one of those lemon pump out ones. Well, apparently the way they work is it's just some kind of strip that a needle is is running across to input what directions you're doing with the with the analog stick. And just the kind of strip that they use was just a real shitty quality one. And obviously the left stick tends to be the one that people use more, mm-hmm. so that's the one that tends to wear and start drifting earlier. But your 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 problem sounds like something different again entirely. <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, right. Yeah, no, I, I have the up. I have the drift issue, and and okay, I know that. that is but right. I but I've been hearing more and more about the battery issue as well popping yeah. up, and that's the one that's like the drift issue. I actually don't really care all that much about mm. because Switch games aren't very hard to play. If you've yeah, ever played yeah. anything Nintendo's ever made, they're not particularly <laughs> difficult games. But um, yeah, it's the fucking battery dying out that pisses me off. Yeah, yeah, no fair enough. I know that they were in the US. They were repairing Joy Cons for free. Maybe oh, wow. I don't know what they're doing in Australia, but maybe look into that. You might be able to get that thing fixed up for you for nothing. Nah, I'm good. I'm just going to keep bitching about it. <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> just to to keep the ball rolling, uh, uh, we have our Xbox games with gold for this month. We have uh, WRC 8 FIA World Rally Championships uh, available from July 1st to the 31st on Xbox One. Uh, Dunk Lords, 
is available from July 16th to August 15th on Xbox One. Saints Row 2 will be available from July 21st to the 15th of July on Xbox One and 360. And Juju will be available from July 16th to the 31st on Xbox One and Xbox 360. And that's spelled J-U-J-U. It's not like like some kind of weird <laughs> anti-Semitic name if anyone was thinking that. No, no, uh, Juju like bad Juju. Um, you know, that, that stuff, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Uh, PS Plus games for the month. Uh, t- to celebrate 10 years of PS Plus, they're giving us NBA 2K20 and Rise of the Tomb Raider. Rise of the Tomb Raider, great game. I loved it, but fuck yeah. Like, a, a lot of people are disappointed with the 10 year anniversary output. I gotta say, it's a, it is a bit of a wet fart to me, but I wasn't really expecting anything either as well, too. So, uh, I don't know. Can I just point out that, um, NBA uh, 2K20 was like four bucks on the store prior to this point anyway? It had been like, yeah. and it had been there for like, I think at least a month. So the fact that they made it free was kind of a bit of an insult. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I remember uh, Roger from Button Mash, he picked it up about like, like two months ago or something for mm. like 40. So yeah, he's probably, he's probably not too happy with himself right now. Oh, either. That'd hurt. Oh uh, God. Yeah. Not the, not, look, I, I might actually play NBA 2K20 now. <laughs> it's a free to play game now. So yeah. I don't care about the microtransactions all of a sudden. <laughs> There you go. Uh, and just quickly onto the games that have been released. Now, I forgot to do this last week, so I'm going to cover off the stuff that we have from last week as well, too. It is not too much. There was uh, the release of uh, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom uh, Rehydrated, Pokemon Cafe Mix uh, came to Nintendo Switch and iOS, uh, Town, uh, Little Town Hero came to PS4 and PC, Ninjala came to Nintendo Switch, Collar X Malice came to Nintendo Switch, The Almost Gone came to PC, Nintendo Switch, and uh, iOS, Hunting Simulator 2 came to all platforms, Track Mania uh, came to PC, and Iron Man VR came to PS4, that is a PS4 exclusive on uh, PSVR, that one, which I'm very curious to check out. Did any of those games uh, stand out to either of you there? Trackmania. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, gonna, you mentioned so, before yeah. we started recording been playing. Um, oh. It's got a free-to-play model, which is nice, um, so that you can actually, you know, play it without uh, investing too much, uh, well, investing any money into it. Um, <laughs> however, they've gone for a yearly subscription fee over a um, once-off purchase, which is a very weird turn for that kind of game. Yeah. Um, Yearly? How much is that? Uh, I would it's, imagine that it had to be almost the price of a full game anyway, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, so that's what we would have thought. Um, so in Australian, obviously Australian dollars, it's fourteen ninety nine for the um, the main release, I believe. I think there's a couple of tiers. Um, I was having a think about it and going, I'm really not comfortable with the idea of a yearly pay cycle. However, yeah. um, it was actually one of my friends who pointed out to me, he goes, well, the fact is, you're probably not going to be playing this game in a year time, a year's time. So you pay it once, you play it for the year, you move on. However, you know, and that's what I felt about Trackmania games anyway. Um, that I play them for a while and then I just put them on my shelf and never really touch them again. But <laughs> for those who are addicted to Trackmania, sucks to be you. That's what I'm going to say. 
Okay, yeah, yeah fair enough. Because uh, I find that me with games is like, I'll play them once, and if mm. I really love the game, then I'll pick them up again. Yeah. Over the next couple of years, I might give them a couple of plays when there's nothing new coming out that yeah. I'm too interested in. So the thought that if I bought or you know paid for this game, and then you know in a couple of years, I'm like, oh, I might give it another crack, and I'm like, oh, shit, i got to pay again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not too cool with that. But if it's only 15 bucks, though, mm. that's, that's so cheap. Like, I'd... Yeah, it's like far cheaper than a, a full price game. It, I'm yeah, not really too fussed. I think by it's that. following that MMO uh, pace uh, subscription kind of cycle. Except yeah. obviously, instead of that monthly thing, it's a full year for. It's like for a full year for fifteen bucks or whatever it is. Um, isn't too bad for that idea. Um, I just don't want to be caught in a month or in a yearly pay cycle for anything. To be honest, yeah, yeah, agreed. yeah. and that's the tough pill to swallow. Like I, I don't. You know, I I can do it for mobile plans and things, but I don't mm. want to have to think about and track all the game memberships and ownerships I have. I yep. just want it to be a one-off payment, not have to worry about it ever again. And oh I think yeah, these these sort of subscription services they make their money off people who forget. Mm. That's like the key. Like they they want people to forget that that's the best way to to profit from it. So yeah. like yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll admit that for MMOs, I can understand the idea because they are constantly getting full support from the team. The team is that. De- I mean, yeah. you have a look at uh, World of Warcraft; like the team's dedicated throughout the years to actually constantly be improving. But for something like Trackmania, where you go yearly subscription, really? Mm. See, there's the thing, and that's that's why I'm I'm more supportive. I'm not saying I'm always supportive of DLC, but I'm more supportive of the concept of expansions when they're quality yeah. expansions, where it's a mm. one-off payment. You make the assessment on the spot as to whether or not you want it, not just this ongoing agreement that, mm. you know, I'm going to keep getting more great stuff, so I'm going to just keep get giving them, you know, this money for, like, carte blanche yeah. style, when yeah. there's no, yeah, there's no there's, there's no sort of sell point. That's why mm. I, I really do prefer the one-off payment structures. Yeah, fair enough. Is, is, it, a good, is it a good track mania game? Like, is it worth the $15? I'll tell you yes. Um, <laughs> for 15 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, they've yeah. really gone and tried to make things feel like for the fact that it's um, taken off the Trackmania Nations, which is the one of the most popular ones, um, and they've kind of gone and remade that to an extent. They've okay. gone and added a whole new bunch of challenges in the different types of terrain that you go through because you know Trackmania used to just be you know race through this standard track with a couple of different ob- obstacles. Now it's different types of tracks, including like ice, dirt. Um, Met- metallic or something i can't remember all the types but basically giving Ooh, metallica. you more yeah yeah metallica hopefully um giving you more diverse challenges um to go through when it's not something you'd expect from a track mania title okay that sounds really cool i think i, I only ever played turbo and I, yeah. I had a bit of fun with that i mm. did i didn't mind it like it was more just the the crazy tracks and stuff that that i think that yeah. i enjoyed out of that than the actual driving and how it control that that took me a while to get used to that one for yep. sure yeah look interesting idea what what do you get for free with it though that's what i'm curious about like what like what are you paying for um so as far as I can tell from what I've tried, you've got um, you've got the 15 tracks which make up the kind of tutorial, 15 to 25 tracks oh, that make up the tutorial-y okay. kind of thing. And from what I've been able to see, you can build your own park. I don't know if they... Or build your own course. I don't know if they've changed that now um, because I don't know if it was supposed to be in that tier, but it gives you very limited. However, I will say this. When you upgrade that 15 bucks for the year... You get a whole bunch of different community packs, including like they've done uh, Mario Kart style tracks as well. Um, oh. They've done uh, something for 
I don't want to misquote, but they've done them for a whole bunch of different games. I was having a look through the list. There's tons there. So definitely worth the investment for one year. I wouldn't pay it over and over again, though. Okay, that sounds hmm. interesting. Is that available on PlayStation or is this only on uh, It's only on Steam at the moment. Oh, sorry, only on Steam. Uh, only on PC at the moment through the Uplay store. Ugh. And uh, uh. Uh, what's the other one that we don't like? Epic Games. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, Double Sam- whammy. Sam, do we know when it's going to make its way to um, Google Stadia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you mean the important console? Yes, um, yes, the one, right, the one that yes. I... I because I love subscriptions, as you've heard. Oh, of course, of course. Um, yo, are you subscribed to the controller support? It's like 30 bucks a month as well. Um, I, I hope that's a joke, man. I really do. Knowing Google, it might not be. Um, but, um, no, uh, only PC for now. Um, yeah. But we will see okay, in time. Well, I'll, I guess I'll have to wait to see if this ever comes to PlayStation before I can try this one out. Mm. But uh, look, yeah, that'll do us for our, our games that uh, came out in the last couple of weeks. Let's uh, take a quick break, and then we'll get back into the games that we have been playing. Yeah. So this week on our impressions, it is The Last of Us Part 2 review time now look i'm going to keep this spoiler free because I, I know sam you haven't yet <laughs> finished the game and and just for anyone out there obviously who has not yet finished the game or mm. has, has, has plans to play it at some stage this will be very very spoil spoiler free there may be some mild spoilers towards the end but if so i will give you fair warning um my dear god i absolutely <laughs> adore the last verse part two i know i already said this a couple of weeks ago my first impressions of the game but it's it's just an absolute achievement in video game making it's an absolute technical marvel the animations that they that they've uh, uh, that, that are in that game they're so lush and and work so well in the universe and uh, w- work so well together and making everything feel so real and lived in and oh yeah what what, what a game the environment's are absolutely stunning. Uh, literally any moment you can take a screenshot of this game and you got yourself a desktop wallpaper for your mm. PC. You know, it's it's just it's relentlessly stunning. It's absolutely gorgeous, uh, which is a lot saying a lot considering what a grim and uh, and dark world this game is based in. So mm. for anyone out there that doesn't know, this this game's a bit of a re- revenge tale. Uh, you you're playing. Uh, as Ellie, and after a certain event happens, you're out trying to get your revenge on the uh, main antagonist of the game, and that's the uh, crux of the story there. Uh, now, the gameplay, as I, I mentioned in previous weeks, is just, for me, I, I found they improved on everything from The Last of Us Part 1. Uh, it's it's way more cinematic. It's mm. way, way far, far more well thought out. Uh, uh, the, the, all the weapons that you use down to the guns and the, the bows and arrows and the melee weapons, they all feel like they have a lot of impact. Oh, yeah, I absolutely adore the combat. How have you found the combat to be in The Last of Us Part 2? Definitely one of my favorite games when it comes to gameplay this year. Um, I cannot get enough of, like, the stealth mechanics are actual stealth mechanics. Um, and I say that because, like, obviously there's all the stuff where you hide, can hide in the tall grass and stuff like that. 
but it's not Assassin's Creed style that an enemy walks right next to you and is standing basically on top of you. He's like, hmm, where is he? It's actually <laughs> like, it's intuitive. It, the enemies are intuitive in the way they move around. They will, you know, like even from the fact that when you're stealthing around, if you start making some noise, someone will rush in, but someone will also hold back just in case or like little things like that. You can see that the developers have really focused on making sure that you know that you can't just like you can't just attack this thing the same way every time. You got to plan out your movements, mm-hmm. and I, I absolutely adore that. I absolutely adore tactical a tactical idea in a very story based um, game. Mm. Oh, and to your point there about how yeah you can't just hide in the grass right next to an enemy and they just don't see you. If they see you run into a building or like dive into the grass, you'll hear. Uh, one of the NPCs announced, "Oh, that she's just gone into the grass, mm. or she's just run into that building." Yeah, uh, and then they will they will sort of uh, uh, start you know for- forming around you as what you'd imagine people would uh, in that situation. And if you know if you run through the grass, they may not see you for a di- from a distance, but yeah, if they get close enough and they're looking through the gu- grass, they are going to find you. And yeah, it just makes it mm. feel so much more real uh, uh, during the gameplay. I, I, yeah. yeah, I absolutely adored the gameplay. It's funny to even be talking about this that much because generally with a naughty dog game you're, you're talking about the narrative yeah uh but f- for this one really yeah what stole the show for me was was the gameplay it was the thing that uh you know i i enjoyed in the last of us part one but it was definitely not what i lauded the most uh, yeah. out of my experience in that one where i've found in this uh the, the gameplay and the visual visuals together is the main thing i main main experience i have to lord about this game i just yeah it's it's just impeccably impeccably made lucky i know you you got to try out a bit of the combat the other day and uh you seem to be pretty chuffed with it yeah yeah so yeah i mean you know um fair cop i only played about an hour of the game midway through so i i i knew nothing about the story or what was going on narrative style so i was just judging it purely on the experience gameplay um graphics looks incredible the game is really really detailed um in just just even you you find yourself admiring um the moisture graphics um when you when you fall into a pool and you go out and you see like water dripping everywhere and sort of sticking on the main character's skin just that sort of detail you have to applaud it's it, it looks so so good one of the best games i've ever seen um if not the best to be honest i mean um Red Dead is really good, but this game fucking gives it a run for its money. And to touch on what you said about the water before, yeah. this game has to be the most moist game I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like everywhere you were was like just dripping with water, and they obviously wanted to show off the, the really yeah. cool technical effects they had there with that, but my God, what a it was a moist experience. Is there a reward sure. for that? <laughs> most moist game of 2020 um, yes. yeah definitely would I think win so. it sure. I, mm. I think so we're going to see that on the cover art for the, the game of the year edition yeah. most moist game yeah, of 2020 that's it, that's <laughs> I, did, I did want to comment on the gameplay a little bit though I agree with you um, Sam that the stealth mechanics are uh, you know the game wants you to play stealthily throughout it um, mm. so for context I was playing on hard mode because Zach told me that he was playing through the game on normal mode and I was like well obviously I'm going to play <laughs> on a harder difficulty than whatever Zach plays um, just to make him look like a bitch um, which I did and it was um, I, I I I'm a, I really I just want to say this as a personal preference I'm not a big fan of games that use um, ammo ammo limitation as a way to make the game harder um, mm. 
because I found myself needing to stop and craft a lot of ammo. I always found myself without ammo, even though I was I was doing pretty well in aiming. I was getting mm. a lot of headshots in human characters, and I was still without ammo for most of it. Half of half of the the level that I played through, I was just using, I was just rushing them using melee dodge, melee mm. dodge, mm. because I just completely ran out of fucking ammo. Yeah, um, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the way the game's designed to be played is you're supposed to stealth around and use as little ammo and melee weapons as possible. And because you kept <laughs> running in and getting these headshots and shit, you found yourself having to keep crafting and that. And also playing on hard mode. Uh, resources yeah. are, are more scarce as well, too. And That's the, and the normally- term. Resource scarcity. I always forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think, look, I, I normally I would totally agree with you. Resource scarcity in games just I find annoying. Like in, in Days Gone, uh, it, having to refuel your motorbike and b- build up your, your fuel tank was a pain. I found that once your fuel tank was, was upgraded to a certain point, it's like, okay, finally, I can just play the game now. Mm, exactly. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I think with this, though, it just fits so well into that universe. Like, mm. The Last of Us isn't about, you know, going through getting headshots and having a blast. It's about just scraping by by the skin of your teeth, just managing to get the resources you need to make that health kit to but perhaps save your life in this combat scenario. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I think because of that and the, the theme of the game of just, yeah, scraping through, scraping by everything with your life, it, 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 it sort of works for me in that universe. I mm. found myself just loving looting everything. It's like, mm. a, it was just so satisfying for me. Just the little sound it makes and the animation where they grab onto the item perfectly and open the drawer and actually grab the item and whatnot. I, I, I don't know. I love that. Whereas I found it really cumbersome in something like Red Dead Redemption 2 where he's got to like lean over and pick the body up and grab the item out and mm. put it in his pocket. This was sort of the perfect balance of cinematic and also just yeah. not frustrating and wasting my time for, for me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I can definitely understand why, why that would irk you for I, sure. I man. think you would have just been a bit more creative in the sense that um, the fact that like one of the things is grabbing bottles, grabbing bricks and tossing them at your enemies, run, stab, like that kind of like creativity to not just focus on, all right, I've got limited ammo here and there and I've got to work with that, but going, what's in the environment around me that I can work with? What's mm-hmm. like, you know, what stealth approaches can you take? Like crawling through the buildings or stuff like that. Like you could always find little entry points that just gives you the one up on the enemy. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. find this game grading with the, um, with the ammo too much, but I definitely can see that it it does restrict you a little bit, especially when you've got multiple floors of enemies and you're sitting outside going, great, i got to get up there somehow. Yeah, pretty much. That was my experience, and, and that's the thing. I, on, I only played an hour of this game smack in the middle of it, and who knows, maybe because um, I was playing off Zack Safe, maybe he did a dog shit job of collecting enough shit and ammo from beforehand and I was playing it on extra hard mode in that sense and that's why I had absolutely nothing to work with. But like, yeah, I, 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 I'm I, talking about I had five bullets in my pistol, nothing in anything else. So mm. I, I, I knocked out a couple of humans that way, then found, oh, okay, I can only use these bricks and bottles to chuck at them and then yeah. decided in the end that it was much more effective to just figure, use your... um. Use that um, Assassin's Creed or Batman ability to see through walls to figure out where they <laughs> yeah. were, and then um, and then run run diagonally towards them, do a melee attack, dodge melee melee, they're gone. And I just found mm. that was the way I got through the rest of the the level. I just <laughs> did it. 
Oh, look, I think it's good that they give you the, the freedom that you can do that, though, because I'd, I'd find that uh, even if I couldn't fully stealth my way through a situation, it was definitely the safer way to do it, and I yeah. felt more encouraged to play it that way. If shit did break out, uh, you could move around the environment in a tactical way and still get through even with the enemies coming for you, particularly yeah. if you've managed to sort of thin the herd a little bit with some stealthy stealthy maneuvers beforehand. Mm. So, yeah, I, and I, I felt that no matter what, if shit was popping off and guns were going off everywhere or you're stealthing around and being quiet, it always felt really cool and really cinematic. And, and for a game that's, you know, brutal and grim, mm. I actually had a lot of fun with the combat. I know you're, you're oh. probably not surprised to but yeah damn it, it was just the, tac- the tactics of it and stuff was so much fun uh, there, there is that gritty element they do show in the gameplay as well too though it's not like uncharted where you're just mm. popping off headshots left and right and they're cracking jokes when you do a stealth kill as ellie you can spin the camera around and you see the look of fear on the npc's faces as she fucking slashes their throat uh, and you know, before you upgrade that as well too, it's a very slow maneuver. It takes mm. like a few seconds for her to get that knife through there, and you see the expression on Ellie's face as she's struggling to do this. Uh, it, it is, it is brutal and it is grim, but it all fits into this cinematic universe, uh, th- th- this universe mm. uh, that they've built uh, using all these cool cinematic tactics. Uh, yeah, the gameplay absolutely love it one of the other things that i didn't talk about on the show uh, uh previously and that i think deserves a lot of praise is um uh, is that uh the accessibility options in the last of us part yeah two, there are so many options in there to be able to play this game uh, uh journalists have played it for hours whilst blindfolded and still managed to have a smooth experience which that's look, just crazy it's it's mm. it is it's absolutely crazy and and with people uh in my family who who uh have disabilities and mm. i've i've seen uh that we we bought him an xbox three sixty and he and he just struggled to sort of uh get get a grasp on how to play the games yeah. because games can yeah. just be so complicated nowadays we have systems on top of systems on top of systems it's not really easy to jump into so knowing that uh we're see- seeing this come out of the last of us it gives me hope that we might see a lot more of it to happen in the future yeah, uh, yeah. because I-, I think anything that can get games uh, good games especially into the hands of more people uh, is, is a good thing and mm. and and differently abled gamers of people who have definitely been left behind for for a very long time mm. I, so, yeah i always it. love seeing anything to do with accessibility like it's something that we've been waiting a long time to see happen and i i know again like you i've seen from personal experience you know people who've been unable to play um games in the let's say i guess conventional manner i don't know if that's a negative term i'm really hoping it's not um but essentially being able to go, all right, cool, we've adapted, we've, you know, modified this, that, and the other. Like, seeing, for example, just to take a step away, like, the different controls they've brought out for people. Like, I've seen, I think it was Xbox that was working on this massive game patty-style controller. Um, all those kind of things. Like, I honestly, I encourage that and I support that so much because at the end of the day, we shouldn't be saying, okay, just because you're differently abled, you can't have access to this. Let's... Like, that's the part of inclusivity that I absolutely love seeing, and I love when developers take their time to properly integrate it into the game. 
Oh, God, absolutely. And it's also the stuff in there that you can have fun with even, you know, if you're not differently abled. You know, there's there's stuff like you can... There's slow down time aiming yeah. and things that make collectibles pop out easier so you can find your, find your way around uh, getting all these different collectibles and stuff far easier. So, mm. yeah, I think everybody benefits really when they when we have these kinds of options in games. It's... Why not? Why, why not have it all? It's, yeah, It's, it's well, awesome. Exactly. I, I really, really hope to see more of it in the future. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I bet you do, because you can't play games on hard mode. <laughs> <laughs> Lockie, when you left that controller, you had no resources left. There's no way you would have made it through the next fight. And I said, come on, do the next fight. And you're like, no, 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 I've proved my point. I proved, so... I proved it. I, I spent an hour <laughs> playing the game. I've been fucking melee pummeling everyone my whole way through for 30 minutes. I'd done what I needed to. No health, no resources, no idea. Okay, so mate, mate, there was a reason why there was no ammo, and it wasn't because I used it all up. I had no ammo from the very beginning, Mister. Dude. You're the one who's been devoting like fucking sixty hours to this game. Where's my ammo. You've been five bullets for that gun as a single clip. Okay, so oh, wow. that was as much Thanks. ammo as you could have. Thanks, Zach, for getting me f- through the first two minutes. I I appreciated that. <laughs> That's all you can carry. That's all you can carry. So. Now, like we're we're getting negative here, and it and it makes sense because I'm about to move on to my more negative thoughts about the mm. Last of Us Part Two, and when it all comes down to it, the only issue I have with this game, and very unfortunately, is the narrative. Now, look, and that that's not to say this isn't a good video game narrative. This mm. is my favourite video game story I've played. Uh, well, that, well, that was released this year. I probably enjoyed. Uh, a Plague Tale Innocence story better than that one, which I played this year. Uh, but but for me to be able to talk about this, I'm going to have to do a brief spoiler here. So for anyone who doesn't want to be, this is just going to be one one small spoiler uh, that's, that's a lot of people are already talking about anyway. For anyone who's worried about that, just skip ahead a couple of minutes. You've been warned. Uh, basically, halfway through this game, you start playing as Abby, the main antagonist of the game, and you and it's it's about would you say it's about a half or maybe a third of the game, I think, Sam. Yeah, something something like that. Um, yeah, much longer yeah, and, than and, necessary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and for me personally, I like I was enjoying Ellie's story so much, and I felt like it was coming to such a crescendo mm. when all of a sudden you're playing as this other character and the story resets and you're back to Seattle day one. It just felt like the story just absolutely came to a grinding halt and it lost all momentum for me. Mm. And that's not to say that Abby's story wasn't interesting. She has an interesting arc and it was an interesting story, but for me, it just, it, uh, uh, that's not what I was there for. It, it, I don't think it really added that much no. to the story to the theme of you know revenge is bad mm, which mm. seems to be the theme that they they push throughout every single uh, a, a, a corner of this game no. uh, how did you feel about the character switch up uh, yeah look i wasn't i wasn't really a fan um i guess long story short um we had that little bit with her at the start which was good it's like oh cool here's another character and then suddenly yep. you know um obviously going on the spoilers death of yeah she's the cause Fantastic. Cool. Now we get to see Ali on that trajectory to, to revenge. To get that and then to build it up to such a pinnacle point, um, there was nothing of Abby really up till that point is in like seeing her in, you know, full motion, I guess. And then suddenly when that point happens where you're just like, oh, cool, this is where everything's about to unfold. It's like, hang on a second. Now we're going to add another, 
you know, whatever plus hours to the game just so you can get all this backstory, yeah. which half of it did not mean anything. Like, yeah, they three simple uh, points was yes, the yeah was her yeah dad. yes Joel killed the yeah and yes she wants revenge. We could have we could have seen that in about ten minutes. I don't think yeah, we needed yeah. hours and hours of gameplay of her making smart-ass comments with someone just for the sake of it. I, I don't even think we even needed to see it. We could have, like, yeah, it, it could have just been told. Yeah. And, yeah, look, I, I think... Uh, I'm glad to see we're in agreement on that mm. one. It's, it's, it seems a lot of people are in two minds about this. It's a bit of a minefield, this game. But mm. we'll leave our spoiler thoughts there. Uh, so yeah. I'll try and leave a timestamp for people in there who want to make sure they're not spoiled about anything. So... But look, when the narrative wrapped up for me, I just I, I I find it impossible not to compare this game to The Last of Us Part One. Yeah. Uh, because you know it's the previous title. I think when all was said and done, that narrative was just so good and so mm. perfect. Uh, and and this one just could not reach those heights for yeah. me. I also think it was about a good maybe 10 hours too long as well too there's agree, a lot yeah. of stuff that could have been cut me generally uh with with cinema and tv shows and all forms of media i'm not a big fan of flashbacks i think you should be able to tell a story well enough that you can give uh emotion and gravity to situations just with a regular linear timeline you shouldn't have to rely on a flashback in order to add more gravitas to a, a scene that you're experiencing now uh, I think it's just a bit of a crutch. I find that that it can be overused. I think it was okay uh, for some parts of this game for me, but I think yeah, it was just it was just overly used. Uh, how, how did you feel about the flashbacks? Do you think they were? Did you think they were okay? Or I, see, I'm I'm of the mindset I like flashbacks, but okay. when they're used well, um, I don't like the idea that. Um, a game goes, all right, we've built this up to such a point. Quickly, let's flash back so we can explain all this so that it has the emotional weight that you want it to have to it. Um, that's something that I struggle with. I like more, if we're going to go with that, I like more disconnected timelines where stuff is, like, for example, quick side note, the Witcher TV series, where they have the like multiple different timelines they're running through to kind of combine it all toward the end of the season. Mm. Um, not going to go further into that, but that's kind of what I like to see when you... Expect us to, I guess, if you're saying, all right, we're going to have this much emotional weight at this, you know, big pinnacle point at at 20 hours or whatever, um, don't, uh, essentially, don't feel that you need to explain that further and go, all right, now we're going to do all this stuff um, so that you can, um, so that you can feel the emotion we want you to feel. It's like, let let us feel it how we choose to. Don't try to push us that. And that's what annoys me about those kind of flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, was it a very um, telling, not showing sort of thing going on? There's a little bit of that. There was like, flashbacks, almost that I think, exposition, just... but not exposition. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It was just stuff that was just a bit unnecessary. Could have yeah. been left more mm. ambiguous, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I, I, and I do agree with you that flashbacks can be done right, Sam. Mm. I like. I was a, a massive fan of Damon Lindelof's Watchmen series. Nice. This year, yeah. And I think that that was a perfect example of how you should use a flashback in a series mm. or, or, or anything like that. So, yeah, totally agree with you there. Now, look, uh, I do have to get to work. I'm starting <laughs> to run a little bit long, so I think it is time that I, I, I put down my sacred review score on The Last of Us Part 2. And I'm going to have to give this uh, 69 oh. Judy Dentures. <laughs> 
out of 78. So, look, it's still an absolutely amazing game. Now, it's, it's, as I said before, the gameplay, the visuals, the animations, the cinematics, they're all just absolutely impeccable and absolute achievement. The only thing that let me down was just that, that, bloody narrative just didn't quite land it for me and mm. was a bit over long mm. uh but still a fantastic video game story it's still a game that i think if you are interested in and you have a playstation you should definitely play it mm. just for the sheer technical marvel that it is yeah. alone yeah uh, but yeah but yeah but, but for me personally the narrative yeah not 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 quite up to the heights of of uh the last of us part one look me personally um I think Ben Schwartz is a really, really funny actor, and I think they they had him on a fucking leash in that movie, and it was just absolutely uh. devastating to watch someone who's so funny have to be so restrained. Um, so for that reason, I would also um, I'd have to give um, uh, give Sonic um, twenty four GD dentures <laughs> out of a hundred, a hundred, um, whatever the fuck Sonic is. You can't just oh, you just can't let it go, can you? Yeah, fucking, what's with all the, the drive-bys of the Sonic movie uh, throughout this podcast, damn. Bloody Sam, do you have any, <laughs> any, any, do you have any, uh, any final thoughts on The Last of Us Part 2 for us? Um, I personally believe it could have just been a one-hit wonder with The Last of Us, but I also mm. really enjoyed playing the game. Story let down. Pretty much everything you've said, just... Yeah. Uh, agreeing with you pretty much <laughs> and, and, and yeah it's and it's funny you say that the last of us could have been its own thing because i was saying to torture just yesterday uh i kind of wish they didn't make a last of us part two or if that they did mm. they just did it with entirely new characters 100%. telling an entirely new story i don't think we needed more of ellie and joel's story i think it mm. could have just been left where it was and it would have just been perfect yeah not to say that this g- game ruins the first one it doesn't but uh i think i just yeah i, I, I kind of would have been a bit more intrigued to see some different characters in there i think so, so mm. a bit more of that universe yeah i guess but yeah anyway that'll do us for our impressions this week and uh far out it was a juicy juicy <laughs> week i had a absolute blast getting to chat games with you sam thank you Bloody- zach thank you lucky Thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute blast. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Let the people know, once again, where they can find uh, everything that you guys do over at the Beta Network. Uh, Once again, you can hit us up on our website, thebetanetwork.net. You can hit us up on our Twitter, at The Network Beta. Facebook is The Beta Network AU. And then we have this little podcast that we do, which can be found on all major streaming uh, podcast streaming services. And just search The Beta Network. And as I said earlier, I'm a, a big fan of their podcast and a big fan of their YouTube videos. Check it the fuck out. All these links will be in our uh, description down below as well too. But yeah, thank you once again. It's been a bloody fun episode. It was great to have you on. A lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I, sh- I, sh- I should probably tell everyone where they can find all the stuff <laughs> that we do at News to Reviews. Ideally. If you want to tell us what you think about uh, anything you heard in this episode, you can send your feedback to News to Reviews podcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on all these socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Twitter is the best place to keep track of everything we are doing. Our Twitter handle is at News to Reviews, and that's with a number two instead of the word to and also if you can leave us a review it really really helps and it absolutely makes my day hell it makes my week it makes my year to get a a nice review from one of our lovely lovely listeners 
Uh, but yeah, thanks everyone again for listening, and please take care of yourselves and take care of one another. Penis kachu. That's what they were going for. Penis kachu. Penis kachu. There we go. Oh no, I think we got an episode title right at the very end there. <laughs> <laughs>